used to tell me I was building a dream. And so I followed the mob where there was earth to plow or guns to bear. I was always there, right there on the job. They used to tell me I was building a dream with peace and glory ahead. Why should I be standing in line just waiting for bread? Once I built a railroad, made it run, made it race against time. Once I built a railroad, now it's done. Buddy, can you spare a dime? Once I built a tower to the sun, brick and rivet and line. Once I built a tower, now it's done. Buddy, can you spare a dime? Once in khaki suits, gee, we look swell, full of that Yankee doodly dum. Half a million boots went slogging through hell, and I was the kid with the drum. Say, don't you remember, you called me Al. It was Al all the time. Say, don't you remember? I'm your pal. Buddy, can you spare a dime? Once in khaki suits, gee, we look swell. Full of that Yankee doodly dum. Half a million boots went slogging through hell. And I was the kid. Okay, so welcome aboard to the Counter Vortex once again with your ranter, Bill Weinberg, opening up with a, a really classical piece from the American Songbook there, Brother, Can You Spare a Dime, by the immortal Yip Harburg, as performed by... And the composer, Jay Gorney. Right, yes, exactly right. The lyricist, Yip Harburg. Performed by Tommy Hollis. Tommy Hollis. Who died prematurely. Uh, did he indeed? Mm -hmm. He was... a Broadway actor. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And, and uh, actor, yeah, and musical and singer. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so he was in all of August Wilson's plays. Um, those That was his dramatic thing. And then in terms of musicals, he did what that people might know would be Ragtime. And, but he was a huge, uh -huh. huge um, Yip proponent. Right. Very and, political <clears throat> guy. A lot of people don't know about Yip, but uh, that, we're here today to talk about Yip. Um, <clears throat> with um, his son, Ernie Harburg. Yes. And uh, also with uh, Dina Rosenberg. Harburg, it's okay. Okay. Well, on, the, on your book about the, uh, the Gershwin brothers, it says uh, Dina Rosenberg. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yes. Well, Ernie likes me to attach Harburg, and I have to admit that it's a fantastic name to attach. <laughs> but technically, I'm Yip's daughter-in-law, <laughs> though I met Ernie well after my husband, well after I met Yip. So. Okay, and you are uh, the author of Fascinating Rhythm, the uh, collaboration of George and Ira Gershwin. Right. And uh, Ernie, you are the author of Who Put the Rainbow in the Wizard of Oz? Yip Harburg, lyricist. Right. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> it's really an honor to be speaking with you guys. I feel like I'm a part of history here, <laughs> and particularly neighborhood history, because let me give a little background on how this um, connection came to be made. I do a, um, every Saturday, every Sunday afternoon, I do an historical walking tour of um, the Lower oh, East Side, oh, particularly uh, yeah. the Alphabet City area, Avenue, yeah. Avenue C to Tompkins Square Park. That's my route. Yeah. And uh, on, the, on the tour, I stop at, um, there's two buildings side by side at the corner of 9th Street and Avenue B, one of which is the old PS64. And uh, which uh, right. I, don't, I, don't know if, I don't know if you're aware that building yeah. used to be Charas Community yeah. Center. Yes. Yeah, it was a, uh, yeah. a, a community center in the neighborhood for many years, started yeah. by uh, Puerto Rican radicals back in the 1970s. <laughs> after it had been abandoned for yeah. many years, it started it began Correct. as a squat right. until finally it was evicted by the Giuliani administration. And now 20 years later, it's still standing vacant, which is an absolute atrocity. But yep. Was in exactly singing so every, and acting in shows. There. Every time I um, <laughs> on my tour, I stop and talk about the history of that building. Yeah. I mentioned that Yip Harburg was in the graduating class of 1910, I believe it was. Well, right? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, That's right. isn't he? There's a photo. Sounds right. <laughs> is there a photo of him in that class? Or? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah I believe there is. I believe there yeah. is in the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I always say, uh, can anybody here tell me who Yip Harburg was? And very no. rare that anybody on tour has ever heard of Yip. Right. And then I say, is there anybody here who, who does not know the song Somewhere Over the Rainbow? And of That's course, everybody it. knows it. And I was like, okay, he wrote the lyrics to that song. Right. So uh, there you go. Hey. And then so, they say, and then oh. They say oh, yeah, exactly. And... <clears throat> One day, I should also mention, by the way, the adjoining building right next to it, which also has a very important history, is the Cristadora House, ah, yeah. which was actually built as a settlement house yeah. for, for struggling immigrants and way back in the, in, in the 1920s. Exactly, right. There. Yeah, and, um, and unfortunately, today, it's also been turned into a luxury condominium. Yes. So, um, <laughs> and, and in the interim, it had been squatted by political radicals back in the 1960s by the Black Panthers and the Young Lords and the... And the yeah. Uh, the, the, yeah. the hippies. So, um, but I also mentioned that it is a claim to fame because uh, George and Ira Gershwin, back when they were young volunteer social workers, the first right. public performances of their their own self pen music were at the um, at the Christadora House back oh, when yeah. it was a settlement house for newly arrived immigrants. Right. So those two buildings side by side, you know, have got this connection to the American popular songbook going all the way back to the 1920s. Yeah. So a uh, one day when I was doing the tour. Uh, one of the people who was on the tour actually did know who Yip Harburg was. Wow. And uh, I was very impressed. I said, how did you know that? I said, well, um, I'm friends with um, Yip's great-granddaughter, Margaret. Yeah. 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 And that's what, and so he put me in touch with Margaret, who in turn put me in touch with you, and that's how we made oh, this connection. Oh, wonderful. Wow, we didn't know that, <laughs> yeah. did we? So Margaret is your granddaughter. She's yes. 
She, I have 10 grandchildren. Yes, she, Margaret is, yes. <laughs> right. She's one of them. <laughs> right. And you, in turn, are Yip Harburg's son. Right. And carrying on the legacy yes. of his work. I am the son, and I have four sons. I have 10 grandchildren and seven great-grandchildren. Wow. And if Yip knew that, he would just faint. Uh, yeah, I think he would be against the population <laughs> Um He's, yeah, he talked about that, and he's very socially conscious. And in fact, the song, his, his lyrics, and especially socially conscious ones that aren't maybe as well-known as, like, Brother, Can You Spare a Dime, here, though they're known here, but usually by aficionados, or that Yip did them not by anybody. In Europe, though, uh, you know, worldwide depression, Brother Kenny Sparadime is making as many royalties and being performed as mm-hmm. much or more mm-hmm. than in the Great Depression mm-hmm. in the right 30s. Now. Mm-hmm. Right, right now. Right now. So it, not only the anthem of the Great Depression. Right. It's had something of a resurgence since 2008 in it's the financial a world crash. Song. Absolutely. Yeah. And, it's a and, world retain, song. and re- remains uh, uh, sung and played right. uh, worldwide. Sure. Worldwide. And, and the. The Wizard of Oz and its songs seem to remain uh, international, universal, and timeless uh, uh, cultural uh, uh, what's it? gems. It's bigger than gems. It's right. like icons. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, they don't seem to be going anywhere. So whatever spoke to people in, you know, when Judy Garland sang, over the Rainbow in the film, and the Munchkins sang, and the Scarecrow, Tin Man, and Lion did their bits. They, that was a somewhat political, though not clearly political, scenario that you've set up there. Um, and uh, people don't know that, but then Yip was always Broadway social conscience. Yip answered Judy Collins. Uh, 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 that is, Judy Collins answered a question by a guy like you about Yip and the Oz, and he's, she quoted Yip as saying that he thought of the Wizard of Oz that a young, feisty girl came and tore down two tyrants right. and left town. <laughs> she made a revolution. Yes. Yeah. And the that's Wicked how Witch. Yeah. Who, the Wicked Witch is still alive, Witch McConnell. <laughs> and the others. humbug is his boss. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the original book by Frank Baum was intentionally kind of, uh, you know, populist at least. Well, so, I mean, the, I understand for, that, you know, the Yellow Brick Road was yes. actually supposed to be a veiled reference to the gold standard. It was, and, in the book, it was, it was the road of the yellow brick. Yep, made it. Oh, yeah. The oh, frick, really? Yeah. yeah, really. I right. did actually read the book. I didn't read the rest of the Oz series, but I read the yes. the Wizard of Oz, but I was just a kid. I guess I don't remember it that well. Sure. So, yeah, yeah. Me too. No, it's okay. It inspired uh, Yip to come up with what he came, and Harold Arlen. Mm-hmm. It, it, it still... All right, so Yip wrote the lyrics, Harold Arlen wrote the music. Right. right. Yeah. That's right. Only they wouldn't be anything without the others, so we always encourage people to talk I'm about songs. I'm going to put in my favorite uh, 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 complaint that a song uh, which is written by two people, the 
that when you say Harold Arlen wrote the song, you're wrong. Right, of course. Or if you say Yip wrote the song, you're yes, wrong. Yes, 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 okay. of course. Collaboration, indeed. Right. Yes, yes, yes. So, but uh, that isn't the language of uh, the Americans. They, uh, the, the history of the thing makes it so that the composers, they did the song. Hmm. But none of them could write a song. Hmm. Uh, Rogers, who worked with Hammerstein and with... Uh, uh, Hart, Larry Hart, when they died, he couldn't write songs. Who? Uh, Rogers. But he got Hammerstein. What? There was Hart, and Hart died, and then yeah. he got Hammerstein. Right. That's yeah. what I tried to say. Yeah. He right. Was, oh, okay. <laughs> he had to keep writing. Hammerstein so. replaced Hart. Yes. Yeah, oh, right. oh. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha, yeah. got it, got it, got it. But when... Uh, the thing is that he couldn't write a song. He could write the music. Rogers. But, but in popular language, uh, that's not known at all. They yeah, think I think pe people, people know Yip Harburg today. I mean, he, he was on a postage stamp after all. He may not be the same kind of household name as Gershwin no, Brothers. No, no, but, no. But he was on a postage stamp. That's something, right? So. For, for, for the... A small group of cognizant. Yes, yes, know, yes, yes, yes. He is well known. Okay, so you've, there's actually now two foundations that you've been involved yes. with, which have emerged from. Uh, they all are came out of the one. They both. Okay, so they're both it, from the one. With, the one was the Yip Harburg Foundation. Right. Okay, that was founded when I found that it, according to Yip's will, he died in eighty one. And it was founded right, in yes, yes, yes. 1982. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I've been president up until lately, and then I've turned everything over to Dean. So, um, and recently, it's been a new foundation has been spun off out of it, the Yip Harburg well, it's Lyric in, Foundation. It's, yeah, it's it's split into two. Mm -hmm. It's not. It's, it's the East Coast and the West Coast. Mm -hmm. And and the thing was, it was always supposed to have a, several functions. And one more was to um, provide scholarships for poverty-stricken students and schools and such. And the other part was to perpetuate the legacy meeting, songs, shows, books. Um, so instead of all functioning under one umbrella, um, a couple of the board members wanted to tackle the educational component, and a couple of others named and namely us, we, we kept an educational component as well, but we thought it was also very important to keep these um, projects, this legacy, like alive and kicking and going into the 21st century. Like the jazz musical at Harlem Repertory Theater, theater right now. I adapted a... Uh, that will be moved out uh, into uh, the village, we hope soon. Uh -huh. yeah. Anyways, it, it's called Wizard of Oz... Jazz, a jazz musical for all ages. Oh, wow, great. And it, yeah. it basically, you know, uh, comes out of the story that was first told in the film. Um, I, characters from L. Frank Baum, but Yip uh, and Harold Darwin transformed. Mm -hmm. and so there's going to be jazz renderings of yes. the music from the film? The whole thing is whole jazz. Thing is uh -huh. jazz. Uh -huh. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And when does it open? It, it's, it's open. We, we'd love you to see it. Oh, sure. Yeah. It's yeah, we, yeah, we should play that. Uh, we'll Terrific. give you a, a flyer. Before you leave. Great. Thank you. No, I think actually I got the flyer. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's running uh, two or three times a month now, as mm -hmm. of this spring, in Harlem. And, um, yeah, the idea is to have, bring it into a 21st century. There are other ways it's in the, but it retains 
the classic songs and the classic characters, but Yip actually always wanted it to end differently, the film. He thought going into a, an adventure in color from black and white Kansas, which essentially shows that um, people who don't think they have you know, heart, brains, and nerve, and feel home or, or with, within themselves, well, so they, they uh, discover that they have those things. And Dorothy... Right, heart, heart, brains, and courage, wasn't that it? Yeah. Heart, brains, and courage, and there's home. But then there's a question of what's home. So home can be, in that world, it could be black and white Kansas, which she's escaped over a color rainbow, but after a whole film of this color stuff, it, uh, what, it's a problem? No. Okay, and her killing the wicked witches and actually emerging this kind of heroine, this isn't a person who would go back to gray, boring Kansas and do nothing except say, there's no place like this exact home. Yip wanted to end that, okay, she can go back to Kansas, but it's to transform. Mm -hmm. And she herself is transformed. Mm -hmm. Now, I want to say one other thing that's more basic than that, and that is that Baum wrote a book whose character was universal largely because it was going from uh, juvenile to adolescence. And usually uh, that was not the protagonist for shows and films than anything else. This was one of the first um, books that put at a the, the, the confusions of moving uh, in that part of life as a centerpiece. She was a protagonist. That is universal. And preteen. Okay, that people, younger people in all other countries can and identify with, okay? And still, yes, exactly. And then the other thing he did was work with uh, Arthur Freed, who isn't given was. any credit whatsoever, but he was the associate producer uh, formally, but he and Yip really monitored that whole uh, script and score, okay? And uh, the uh, idea that the... Um, the the film would follow the songs and not the other <laughs> way around, okay, was put forward by Yip and mm -hmm, Arthur, mm -hmm. who was a, a, uh, a songwriter, picked it up immediately. Before he became a producer. Guided mm -hmm. this film to the way it is. Okay, so the new rendering that you're, you've developed uh, up at the Harlem right. Rep, uh, it's, it's using the, the new ending, which was the one that, that Yip wanted. You've altered the ending. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, I With, mean the meaning of the ending. Mm -hmm. she, okay, so, she's back in Kansas, but Kansas is not uh, gray anymore. Uh -huh, uh -huh, and uh -huh. they build this house and a rainbow comes over the house. It's not something in the... But this, this is being performed live, so how, yes. how, how is the gray communicated if it's being performed live? You have to see it. Okay. Um, it's it's in it's in the costumes and it's in projections, ah, slides, projections, all kinds of interesting. Uh, yeah, contemporary theater, uh, uh -huh. but it's this is not an mm -hmm. expensive or lavish mm -hmm. production. Mm -hmm. This is a mm -hmm. repertory company, you know, off Broadway, mm -hmm. off off Broadway. Mm -hmm. So you can't do it on a huge budget. Right. 
and even dance now is used to so you have choreography yes you, and, you know. but a certain kind and yeah. with certain costumes that convey i don't want to tell you what it yeah yeah is. you know i look forward to seeing it it's i want great. people yeah, to yeah, see sure, it yeah. and come come and <clears throat> but i want to again give the universal of what we changed at the end which it's pete seeger suggested that the song end with you and i why can't you and I? Not why okay. oh why can't I? Mm. But why oh why can't you and I? You and I. And we finally got that in there. Okay, okay. Pete Seeger suggested this to yes. whom and when? No, to no, no. all of his audiences in the last they five years didn't... of his life. And and one of them was at uh, uh, the PS19 over here on the mm -hmm. where. Uh, about 500 people came on in. Second K Avenue. Kids, yeah. No, yeah. on First yeah. Avenue. First Avenue, yeah, yeah. Right. This right. is now today. Right, 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 right. But the, the idea is that home is something that you create yourself as you move through your life uh, periods, okay? You create your own home, and only you know what that's all about mm -hmm. and you either feel comfortable or you don't. all right so walk me through the two foundations which is where one of them is based on uh is based here in new york the other is out in california yeah, yeah that, one, one of them is is uh dedicated to keeping alive uh yip harberg's works and the other is uh scholarships and stuff like that right yeah, so, so which well, is, which shows is, and books no books. no that's this one the yhl the yhf Right now, the Yip Harburg Foundation. Right. Yes. Uh, but the YHL is here, doing the show, ah, the musical, it's, it's and doing the books. The YHF uh, has an endowment, uh, a small endowment, but enough money to keep regenerating scholarships in Yip's name and certain kinds of educational opportunities for. The, the way underserved, okay. And that's its sole function. It felt like it had become a big function and they wanted to proceed with that endowment, some board members. We all actually agreed with both. The question was how feasible it was to have uh, people overseeing the whole thing. So it became uh, clear to everybody that it would be more, it's run from the way, they would both be in New York, except that the board members who are running this educational scholarship endowment program live on, that's Ernie's sons. Mm -hmm. They live on the West Coast. Mm -hmm. That's why it's in the West Coast. Mm -hmm. Where, whereabouts? Well, it depends. It, they, they, I guess. Oregon and Washington. Oh, really? Not California. And, and, mm -hmm. uh, no, and, and there's some San Francisco participation. Mm -hmm. right. but, but it's mostly, yeah, Washington and Oregon. That's where they live. They do. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, one of them, you know, they have other kinds of... Or so these are Ernie's uncles. No, sons. Oh, sons. Right. <laughs> okay, well, Ernie first married, uh, his wife died of cancer. And there were three sons. Okay, so they're grown up as that would be if with Ernie at 93. Okay, so then Ernie and I got married after Yip and introduced Yip's what? And Yip's urging. Yeah, well, he didn't know it was marriage. He wanted us to work. work To help her with becoming chair of the first and only musical theater writing program in the United States at, at NYU. Yeah, uh -huh. it's graduate musical. It's mm -hmm. for composers, lyricists, and book writers. And the teachers were the 
professional writers on Broadway who gave the or courses. opera or experimental theater. Any it was any work or, or play uh, which was story that was told primarily through music, whatever the exact genre. Okay, so Dina, what was your first interaction with Yip? Um, okay, well. Um, a dean at NYU Tisch School of the Arts, uh, David Oppenheim, he, he was actually an artist. He was a world-class clarinetist, and Leonard Bernstein wrote a sonata for, you know, clarinet sonata for him, etc. cetera. Uh, but then he, they asked him at NYU to try to fix their dying School of the Arts. It, it, you know, it was, was rated a, zero, and they wanted number one. Okay, so... This guy came in and he founded programs that, or he invited new programs, invited programs. people to start up. Or, yes, ones that didn't exist. So there are other ones that didn't exist, but the really one that didn't exist was for musical theater, writing. It was a collaboration in musical theater, mm -hmm. meaning that that's what the art of that was getting a little lost because the money was in Hollywood and the money was in yeah television on the West Coast. So there wasn't enough money to actually put on that many Broadway shows. So the talent, if they wanted to live on writing, writing or even musical writing, had to do it on the West Coast. The idea here was, see, musical theater writing was its, sort of its own... Um, institution of higher learning. I, I, wait, wait, let me finish the sentence. George, I, just, what, George. I just want to say what Arthur Lawrence said. There were three cultural uh. gifts to the world culture. One was the American film, one was the Broadway musical theater, and one was jazz. Mm -hmm. America's three gifts to world culture. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so the thing was here that um, this guy who they prevailed upon to be dean at the Tisch School of the Arts at NYU, uh, who is mostly an artist. So he he was married to Billie Holiday and was close friends with many musical theater uh, household names. And what was his name? David Oppenheim. Uh -huh. Nobody knows. Hmm. Well, Just yes. like nobody knows Arthur Freed did uh, co-produce the... Uh, um, Wizard of Oz. Well, film, really, nobody. His name was okay. Da there. David Oppenheim. David right. Oppenheim, though, recorded the world class uh, and known as such um, recordings of the uh, Brahms clarinet concerto and the uh, uh, Bernstein. In other words, that's where his name was known, not as an educator. Okay, so, uh, but so he decided he. His friends were telling him there was no place for live musical theater to perpetuate itself. And if they, if he could set something up where they could teach for free, um, you know, some kind of organized situation, but was loose enough for them to write their new shows, but where composers, lyricists, and book writers could learn collaboration uh, under the aegis or under the um, uh, fabric of what used to teach itself. George Gershwin um, mentored Burton Lane, who wrote Finian's Rainbow, was he? Mm -hmm. um, 
Everybody had a mentor. Everybody had a mentor, but they were in a... It was a private system. It was a salon. Oh, Ira Gershwin and Yip had been high school friends. Yes. Yeah. So... At Townsend Terrace High School in yes. Queens. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this, this, kind, this sort of was all perpetuated through people knowing people and then being geniuses in their field. All right, so once again, what, what, what was your first interaction with Yip? Okay, well, so <laughs> the, it was my mandate to, and his, to con... I had a proposal that I thought would work um, for these um, world-class... To found this program. Yeah, we, he wanted a proposal to Dean that would, would, could work for these, for these people to teach. These so are all professionals on Broadway. No. Sondheim, mm-hmm. Harnick, uh, Yip, uh, uh, Arthur Lawrence. Uh, or the, in opera, those. or in opera, or in experimental theater. Okay, so this led to. This, I'm sorry. I just. <laughs> that's why I was trying to just say it in one fell swoop. But we do this. Don't mind us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah, takes yeah, yeah. too long. Yes. Okay. Um, so. Through various other channels, I had a direct line to Yip. My dean had it to the generation below Yip, I mean younger, 30 years younger, to these Sondheim, Bernstein, Prince, etc. And so amongst us, we contacted these genius writers about whether they could participate in this. They had asked for it, including Yip. So as then, professors, as teachers. Mm-hmm. Well, whatever, yeah, as mentors, I guess. All right, now what year are we talking about? This is the 1970s, yes. 80s? 1981 it started. Mm-hmm. It started, but in the 70s is when I got to know you. Mm-hmm. I am not going to tell you the long story, but the point is that I I met him through a serendipitous uh, mm-hmm. situation, mm-hmm. and he had me working on projects with him. Like, anybody who was, like, as young as I was, or whatever, in my 20s. Uh, and there he was in his 60s, or 70s, pushing 70s, who was interested in his, his stuff and his generation and wanting to make it appeal to now. Um, so he wanted me to assist him in doing various projects. One was to put together a sort of a review, but not a review, a review with a plot with his famous songs and his less famous songs that he selected, but I was supposed to be working on the conception and then bring in young performers and young musicians, pianists, and mm-hmm. so to get that up, which we sort of had done, but he died before it was completely done. All right, so I met him and I worked. Then he wanted to do videos with himself singing of his rare songs, mostly his rare songs. Now, which would some of those be? Very rare that he had on there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, um, we'll give you the interview. CD. Yeah, that I did. I did it. Well, that's what he wanted. He wanted interviews where he sang those songs. Mm. So right. I had the stellar professional NYU also working for Network's team come in, come and I would ask questions and he would. Well, you know, I did uh, you know a show on WBAI for. Um, WBI radio for like 20 years. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was mining lots of... Um, Unknown? 
Uh, unknown to me, not unknown to yeah. everybody else, but unknown to me anyway, you know, music. And, uh, you know, I was playing, uh, you know, Yip's lyrics on BAR without even knowing who, who he was. Yeah. For instance, uh, yes. there, there was that uh, great musical Jamaica, which yes. was yes. Lena, Lena Horne's breakthrough yeah. Yeah. show. What yeah. year would that have been? Sometime in the 50s? 57. 57. Yeah, there 57. You go. Uh, brilliant stuff. You know, right. I didn't even know that was the same guy who did... Um, <laughs> The Wizard of Oz and or uh, Finian's Rainbow. Yeah, Finian's Rainbow was another one. Or yeah. April okay. of Paris, Paper Moon. And, yep. In the and same year. Brother Conspiracy. I'm all in the same year. All in the same year, which, which would have been 37. Oh, 32. Yes. 32. Mm-hmm. Yes. When he, that's when he broke out. Three mm-hmm. different composers, three different shows, and three different masting masterworks. And in any case, so the songs he wanted to sing on this, I'm sure you even haven't heard of, like. An extra little shilling. Nope. Okay. So, and it's most unusual weather. Nope. Yeah. He he said he had songs that he considered gems that he knew nobody but nobody knew. Some of them weren't even published. They were in manuscript form. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, Tin Pan Alley, so to speak. And, and no, some were in shows. One uh-huh. was a show yeah, that but... he did with Julie Stein called, what? Darling of the Day. It was ex- the last of his shows on Broadway. Six, and it was also 69. successful and very pretty yeah. successful in London. But, but one song that Harold had, one music that Harold had, no, none of the lyricists around uh, could uh, work on it. They said it's too sophisticated, and he gave it to Yip, and Yip got the title mm-hmm. last night when we were young. So that's and, a song you probably right. know. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's yeah. a very sophisticated, beautiful yeah. song. Yeah, yeah. In any case, the, he had this idea that if he, when he had these students, when he wasn't on the West Coast and he was in New York to teach these students at NYU, that he would... Yip, she's yip, talking about. Yeah, y- y- that Yip would use him, his and his colleagues' fa- more well-known songs, middle-known songs, and unknown songs. And if he, Yip, were on the West Coast then another person teaching could use his videos of him doing this thing, and he talked about it, to, to, to educate without him being present, even though he was present on the film. Okay, so I, had, I have two interview films with him. One has better-known songs, and one has unknown songs. Hmm. Okay, so this was a, pro- a big project. Okay, and the unknown songs... Uh, Less... What was their history? How had they actually had they been performed and recorded or, or not? Some, some of them? yes, some no. Mm-hmm. This thing from the Julie Stein musical that nobody knows, which has got a wonderful score. Now, what was the name of that? Darling of the Day. Mm-hmm. Bad title. But <laughs> but 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 it, the the score. I mean, the score is phenomenal. Superb. Julie Stein and Yip Parver. It was the only such. Okay, but Julie from Stein. One of the great love songs. Stranger in Your Eyes. Oh, he might have done that on here, too. Was incredible. Stranger in Your Eyes, and there's another one, I possibly on this unknowns, called Let's Give the Waltz a Chance. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I, I, you, anyway, so these this had been recorded as a cast album, and some of the songs are uh, recorded as, uh, uh, in, you know, uh, singles. Uh, so they're recorded, but mostly people don't know them. And if they happen to have seen the show, or or a, you know, a, like concert reading of that darling of the day, they definitely don't know it's Yips. Right, right. Okay, so so uh, but most people, except if you were a diehard uh, 
Broadway or your aficionado wouldn't know those songs existed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he wanted to make sure he covered that bass. And he was planning to do it if he taught about his colleagues. Also. So he had Dina interview him twice. <laughs> yeah, him, and then and then Ernie interviewed with him all his composers that he worked with who were alive. Right. So Ernie went and, and I. Your book. What? For your well, book. this is another book about Broadway musical, which. Oh yeah, her, yeah, 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 yeah. I did right. with her right. father. Mm-hmm. Oh the yeah. So- the mm-hmm. We interviewed forty-five people. Right. What, was, what was the name of that one? That was called the Broadway musical. No, the Broadway musical. What else? No, no, the Broadway musical collaboration in commerce and art. There you go. The yeah. subtitle. Okay. Yeah. And uh, that was a collaboration with your father, who is a sociologist. And of- his name. Bernard Rosenberg. Bernard Rosenberg, great. All those 22 books on that shelf were done by Bernard Rosenberg. Uh And one strong, he had many interests that were not on the beaten track of a sociologist, so like the arts. And uh, he was a brilliant man. Yeah. So, anyway, so Ernie had this idea for a book, and I was helping them in formulating it, but then my father got interested in it, so the two of them, the social psychologist and the sociologist with a musician advisor. Um, you want a copy of the book? If we have I got it, it. I got it, I got you it. You have oh, it, the Broadway right. musical? Okay. Okay. So there's a chapter on Yip. Is there a chapter on Yip in there? There's another one. No. My there's, father there's references to Yip. Yeah. Plenty of references. Yes, yeah. Yeah. My, yeah, and my father did a book called Creators and Disturbers, okay, which has a chapter on Yip. It's an interview with Yip. Hmm. So it might be worth just, I don't know. All right, that I haven't seen. No. All right, let's, let's bring it back to the beginning here. Uh, so I got to know where? you. Yeah. So then... then <clears throat> Wait, let's bring it back to the beginning. Well, good, good, right. you, you yeah. want to wrap up? You got to know Yip. <laughs> so I got to know Yip doing these artistic projects with him. Yeah. And review, recordings, blah, blah, blah. And then he made the recordings because he would like the other guys, Bernstein, Sondheim, Prince, Lawrence, uh, Harnick, they were bemoaning the fact that there were That the Beatles had shoved them off the, yeah, the yeah, top yeah, yeah, ten. Yeah, 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 well, uh, yeah, that no, there wasn't a market for, for live musicals because they were too expensive and the money wasn't in New York. Mm-hmm. Okay, so those... He had to interview, he had to uh, audit. 23 Audition. times for Finian's Rainbow. All right, let's... let's okay, yeah, so let's, but going back, so <clears> I, <throat> I met him and then was going to set up this program, so he was one of the set of advisors who my dean, David Offenheim, got together who supported whatever this proposal I came in with that was flexible enough for their schedules. And they contributed money. Gotcha, so gotcha. All right. Yeah. When I, but I said, right. when I said the money. beginning, yeah. let's really bring it back to the beginning. Yip Harburg was the son of Russian Jewish immigrants. Right. right. That Grew up in this neighborhood. Yes. Right. Yes. According to the uh, what I've been able to glean, he yes. bounced around to various locations. He lived on Avenue C. Right. He lived on Hester Street. Right. He lived on was 9th or 10th Street. I think 9th, right? Not, yeah, well, yeah. 11th. Yeah. 11th and Avenue C was yeah. Yeah. where he was born. The big uh, place where he was uh, in, the, in the PS64. Right, PS64, yeah. Was the Avenue C and right. 11th Street. He, he yeah. lived in Brooklyn for a while with his aunt, or Yip's sister, when Yip had to go to the West Coast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. He, that, he was um, Yip. Oh, that's you, right? 
You lived in Brooklyn. Did Yip, <laughs> right. yeah, 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 did yeah, yeah, Yip yeah. ever live? Yip, Yip went to the West Coast. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Okay. We're, we're still back in Yip's childhood right, here. Right. So he, he grew up in real poverty. Yes. Yeah. Total poverty. Yeah, 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 yeah. Total. And his parents only spoke Yiddish. Right. So he had to learn two languages immediately. I think that something combined with something genetic got him into poetry at the Tompkins Square Library. Right, yes, the Tompkins Square yeah. Library on 10th Street, right. just north of the park. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. The, and he, <clears throat> in an interview with uh, Dita, said, and they had blonde hair. The librarians. <laughs> uh, yes, 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 yes. All the Jewish women he knew only had black right. hair. Yeah, right, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, so he had a, then he met Ira, and he had a penchant. So I know some of the... Met, met Ira Gershwin in high school. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because they're, Gershwin and Harvard were G&H. Ah, so they're sitting next to each other in class. Right. They were but, he, ah. but Ira didn't talk to anybody until Yip came in with the Bad Ballads, W.S. Gilbert's uh, book of poetry. Satiric poetry. And, and, As in Gilbert and Sullivan. Yes. yes. Yeah. Well, but Yip, uh, Ira suddenly lit up and said to Yip, do you know that that was set to music? And Yip didn't even Yip know, didn't was know ta- that it was talking that, yeah, about. Yeah, 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 and Ira took him home and they had a vic- did the vi- a Victrola. The Victrola, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. And Yip said he was totally... Right, in case people don't know, the, you know, the younger people <laughs> listening to this, Gilbert and Sullivan... They were uh, British Br- uh, British show producers, songwriting team. Well, they were yes, they, they did a, the Mikado, from, the from like a hundred years ago, I guess, yes, or more, they, more than a hundred years they, ago, yeah, like one hundred and twenty yes. years ago or something. Yeah, the Mikado, yeah. Pirates of Penzance, HMS Pinafore, HMS Pinafore. Yeah, right. They they kind they, of kind of satirical, biting social satire by yes. the standard of its day. Yes. Correct. You know, poking fun, gentle fun at the rich and yeah. and the bourgeoisie and, 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 and the politics and the politics. Yeah. Yeah. And and so they, when they both had this common love for Gilbert and Sullivan, it was it, Yip kind of uh, says that he knew what he wanted to do when he heard that. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Ira was hearing it from, you know, his brother George, the music, the piano prodigy, was also even he was um, auditioning uh, uh, other people's songs, and then he started G- George and his teens writing his own songs with other than Ira's lyrics, and they were medium. One people might have known was Swanee, but then when he and I- Swanee? That was Harold Arlen. No, Swanee was, uh, with, it's George Gershwin and, who wrote the lyrics? (laughs) I don't know. Caesar, but not Caesar. Caesar, yeah. Swanee River? No. No. Swanee, how I love you, how I love you, my Don't dear know it. old Swanee. Don't know it. Okay. Wow. That yes. Was a All right. Big, well, that was a big hit. first song of maybe yeah. first song of George's mm-hmm. that became a hit because Jolson, George Gershwin. Yeah. yeah. George Gershwin. Right. But it wasn't until they started to write together because George, George and Ira Gershwin, yes. the brothers, yes. George writing the music, Ira writing the lyrics. Right. Yeah. That they started to have lasting, brilliant still to this day performed right. songs. So that the collaboration Summertime and the living is easy. Right. right. Actually <clears throat> that's not uh That's Ira's not Ira's lyrics. Oh really? That's not Ira's lyrics? No, no there was a play, That was a poem by by but there a guy wrote a novel uh, called Porgy, DuBose Hayward, and yeah. turned it into a play. And then the Gershwin saw it and they said they wanted it to turn it into a folk opera. And so 
almost a all new, a new thea theatrical thing then, following uh, Showboat. This was at 35. It was, Showboat was 27. It was sung almost all the way through, but it, but it was divided into what would seem more opera-like, like talking that was heightened, okay, into singing, and songs. Hmm. And so the songs were like, it ain't necessarily so, Bessie is my woman now, um, there's a boat that's leaving soon for New York. Those were George and Ira. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Summertime happens... To, to be the one that by the, the, okay. uh -huh. the other guy wrote. wrote a poetry, but the, and but the, George uh, set the music. Right, well, I got rhythm as George and Ira, classic. Mm. Yeah. Okay, I got rhythm. Yeah. Okay, so then um, and towards the end, it was uh, they can't take that away from me. Um, that it, from the Fred Astaire, Ginger Rogers movies, mm -hmm. that they wrote a slew of scores. Uh, you know, Diamond. They all left. They all left. Okay, and meanwhile, uh, Yip achieved his breakthrough after a peer, after a stint in Uruguay of all places, working in a factory. He left to avoid the World War One mm -hmm. because he to avoid thought getting it was drafted. a capitalist mm -hmm. war, mm -hmm. and he went down to Swift Baking or, or Meat Packing in Company. In he was supervisor mm -hmm. of over mm -hmm. 500 people. He learned Spanish. He learned guitar. He learned the harmonica. He put on shows for the American colony, okay? All the imperialist uh, countries had colonies, you see. So he was into it, big, for two years. And, and had and a learned Spanish, of course. And Yip Harburg and Ira Gershwin both had uh, remarkable ears for music. Ah, they of heard course. words yes. in next to nothing, yes. you know. They, yeah. And if George, as good yeah. as any composer that they worked with. All right, so then he comes back to the United States, and 1932 was his breakthrough year when he uh, wrote For songwriting. Before yeah. that, though, to get his parents out of poverty, he, he set up a business. He was an executive of, a, of an electrical appliance business, which his friend from City College Robert Lister. set up. Mm -hmm. yes. mm -hmm. And that's what he did during the 20s, mm -hmm. why he and... Ira and George saw every show in town. Mm -hmm. And Yip and, I, Yip and Ira wrote light verse columns for uh, actual newspapers. The you Conning know. Tower. Mm -hmm. Conning Tower and uh, FPA was a was a humorist. Uh, Conning Tower? Yeah. Is the name uh, of a column. humor column. Hmm. And they featured... For, for which newspaper? And uh, it's not in existence anymore. Right, right? I'm sure it is. New isn't. York World, or New, uh, mm, one of those. Yeah, those. Yeah, one of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so again, breakthrough year 1932. Yes. He writes for lyrics um, to "Brother, Can You Spare a Dime?" for a, a show called Americana. Right. Right. Uh huh. That and was the big hit. Yeah. Instantly. Right. In, international and yeah. was sung by all these. Bing Crosby and uh, was the first one who recorded and Rudy it. Valley. Rudy Valley, but all, all kind of, and supposedly the there was a slight censorship on songs about the negatives about America. Yes, most of yes. it was life's of old cherries or this and yeah. Right. The, the music publishers wouldn't publish it. Except this got in. The under only the, way he get out was to be in a show on Broadway. Then, then it exploded. And then, it, then these people recorded it. Then it had to be, it would make money then, the publishing music. So then right. they did publish it. Right. So it was kind of a breakthrough in that sense. Yeah, yes. And, yes. and then the second masterpiece was April in Paris for another show that same year. 32. 32 mm -hmm. with Vernon Dukowski, who became Vernon Duke. And then the third Russian one offer. was uh, 
um, Paper Moon mm -hmm. with Harold Arlen. Which was for a play. A, which was a straight play, mm -hmm. and they needed a song uh, where a cynical uh, carnival barker met a cynical uh, journalist who became a prostitute, okay? And in why poverty. would these people fall in love? Hmm. And Billy Rose, who was a producer, hired Yip, who then got Harold in, and they did Paper Moon, which movie. ends in If You Believed in Me. It wouldn't be make-believe. The whole be world make -believe. is make-believe. wouldn't be phony <laughs> if you believed if in me. If people believed in each other. It's not right. a standard love song. Right. It's, it's not like, well, we love each other, so who cares? <clears throat> you have to believe in each other right. to take away the phoniness of the world. That, that, that was like uh, Iris, uh, If You Cared For Me and I Care For You. Other way around. I would never use the word in 800 songs, I love you. That as and a phrase. And Yip only used it four times out of 650. They didn't believe that the current meanings of love, which were uh, at least a dozen or 15 even today, and, uh, meant anything. And Yip also was, from the beginning of his breakout, asking questions of people of society like, Brother, Can You Spare a Dime? But the verse of that song uh, that led into the brother, the, you know, the chorus with the brother, can you spare a dime? Question was, why should I be standing in line just waiting for bread? Question right. mark. Yep. Okay. So the thing is, from then on, Yip literally asked questions in his greatest songs. Why oh why can't I? Mm -hmm, or why can't you and I? Whatever like that. Right, 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 right. April in Paris, <coughs> whom can I run to? But he learned this at City College in the philosophy uh, class he was forced to take, okay? Oh, yeah? Yeah. So he, so he knew Socrates who said that questions, mm -hmm. ah, make, yes, yes, questions yes, yes. make you think. Right, right. Absolutely. And it was a Socratic method of songwriting. Mm -hmm. ah, very right. interesting, very interesting. Yes. Yeah, it's, and it's and not fact, really known. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, uh, what, what was the one with all questions? How are things in Glockamora is all questions. How it, are things where? In, in Glockamora. It's a, that it, was in Finian's Rainbow. It's a place, uh, the way the char Yip wrote the character, what she said, you know, the... She comes from Ireland, the heroine, to, you know, immigrates to America to a place called Missitucky. Right, Missitucky. Yes. Right. And so the American... Fictional state of Missitucky. Yes, yeah, fictional yeah, state. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so she falls in love with a guy there called Goody, loosely modeled on Woody Guthrie. I mean, oh, that's yeah. where he got the name. <laughs> and also he was a union organizer. And Sharon was a kind of a feisty... I, immigrant. Yeah, and, and leader, immigrant, and, uh, immigrant leader. All right, now, what year was Finian's Rainbow? 47. 47. No, I, it Finian's was during... 47, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was in the middle of the House on American Activities oh, Committee. Right, so we've jumped McCarthy past, we've, 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 just, um, <laughs> we've just jumped over uh, the Wizard of Oz here. No, we can go yeah, back yeah, if yeah, you yeah, want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but we're just trying to say about questions, which started back in the 30s and and uh, continued with Wizard of Oz questions. Mm -hmm. Okay, which old witch? It might not seem that profound, but actually it is, because it's a wordplay. Yes. Uh, you know, like, and it's not the same witch it, it, it depends how it's directed. If you come see our show, you'll see how... how yeah, I'll look forward to it. <laughs> All right, and then there was um, 
the one which is kind of on an anti-war theme. Yes, hooray for what? Hooray for what? Right. Now, what, what year was that? that was That's a question, too. 38. 38. Right yeah. after. Uh, no, around the same just, time. Just before. Uh, uh, yes. Uh, Came uh, out. Just, just before. Well, they, um, the Wizard Oz, of Oz. Yeah. Because that was 39, right? Yeah. It came out. In yeah. 30. It came out in 39. Yeah. All right. So, uh, so tell me a little bit about... Um, Hooray for what? Hooray for what? Okay. So which is a question? Yeah. Oh, that's right. It's a question. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> hooray for what? We don't know what. It's just hooray. That's okay. a lyric. Yeah. And um, it was a comedy, but it was also very dark. Satiric. So, it was satiric. Yeah, a little bit dark, I, I thought. Nazis were rising, etc. Yes, exactly. Well, you see, there are, now here we're going to get into the uh, the political tip a little bit here. Um, <clears throat> uh, so that was kind of an anti-war song. Uh, yes, that was yes. An anti-war pr- a play production, yes. right? Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> because uh, the chorus girls came out with gas masks on mm. and did their number dance. And this was, was on po- Broadway. Yeah. Yes. This was on Broadway. Yeah. And, and it was supposed to be made money too. Or it turned into <laughs> laughing gas, but at first it wasn't. It was a deadly. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. Yes. yes. Wow. It, so wow. It, it, it has a lot of dark elements. It's satire. Uh, yes, but with dark elements. Yes, 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 clearly. You can yeah, have yeah, dark sure. satire. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, of course, of course, of course. I don't like the word dark. All right, I what mean, do you want to call it? I want to call it the truth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, the truth is, the truth can be can be dark in a, yeah, truth can in a be metaphorical lovely. sense. Truth you know? can be <clears throat> lovely also. Do you guys want something to drink? No, I'm, I'm fine. I'm All right, fine. I'm water or anything. Yeah. I All, right. All right, but... Uh, and then he did a show with Burt Lane in 1940 at the start of the World War II called uh, Yes? Yes, it's a song that's in it. There's but what's a the great name? day coming. Hold on to your hats. Hold on to your hats, hmm. yeah. Uh, what, what year was that? 1940. 1940. Yes. And then there's a great day coming. Manana is one of the known songs. So before the U.S. was actually involved in the war. Right. Well, uh-huh. literally. Okay, yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Before Pearl Harbor. Yes, exactly. Pearl Harbor was forty-one. Right. Yes. People knew, though. Some right. That it, that it was on the horizon. Exactly. Oh, okay, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Sure. FDR was, <clears throat> and his crew were turning from uh, domestic things. They had to address themselves to the boats being sunk by the German submarines and the war. So. You know, the whole it was a transitional uh, time. Uh, nation changed there. And I went out to Chicago to see that. Uh, I graduated from PS91 in Brooklyn, and I went to Chicago on a train to see that uh, show. That's Hooray for what? No. The, the other one. Yeah. Hold on to your hat. Hold on to your hat. Mm. And uh, then Yip bought a new car, and he and I had a, a car trip. Oh, yeah? Out to Las Vegas. Oh, wow, great. And, and that was something I'll bet. I could take a whole book telling you about I'll bet you could. our little adventures. Wow. <laughs> well, he's doing a memoir. Right? Uh-huh. Oh, great. Yeah. Great, 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 yeah. great, great. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so uh, 1940, that, yes. that came out. All right. So hold on to your hat. Was that sort of like a foreboding of, you know, the imminent, uh, you know, U.S. involvement yeah, in the bit. war and all that? A little. Mm-hmm. Harold Arlen wrote the score again. Yeah, or Bert? No, Bert. No, Bert Lane did. That was the first time he wrote with Bert, who is 16 years his junior. So, 
you know. All right, so then we jump forward. We've already mentioned uh, Finnegan's Rainbow, which would have been well, 47, you yeah, said. Yeah, but, but in between, in the middle of the war, yeah. was something to rival other um, musical theater plays yeah. called Bloomer Girl. Bloomer Girl, Which yeah, was yeah, a story, yeah, the true a history of a woman named Dolly Bloomer who um, was able to campaign against the, the big wide hoop skirts it was and a get feminist rid of them and get the pants on, okay? Hmm. And uh, she, uh, that whole show was... Uh, uh, went for two, three years on Broadway, but it was and then both went around the United States. And but was, again, uh, a crummy title. Would you want to see a thing called Bloomer? Well, I guess it had you know more uh, social context in the day than it does today. But it was kind of on a women's liberation theme. Absolutely, hmm. that's what it was. One and and, and anti-racist. They had the first song ever on the Broadway, which was ended in the last line of. We Gotta Be Free, The Eagle and Me. It's sung by an escaped slave. The name of the song is The Eagle and Me, and you might know the song. And Uh, Lena Horne sings that beautifully. Now. Yeah. I mean, later, not now. So So then this this was set in uh, antebellum times. It was set in 1860. 1860. When the war was... The last scene was when the Civil War started. Right, 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 right. Then the Finian's Rainbow came. Which was his masterpiece, mm-hmm. with uh, he did with Fred Sadie, and and uh, Burton Lane. Lane, because Harold didn't want to do it. And, and this concerned Irish <coughs> immigrants in the South, and also had uh, certain anti-racist themes. It was anti-capitalist, pro-women, and anti-racist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the anti yeah the capitalism. A white uh, racist senator was turned black. So that the audience and he would know how it was. How it felt. By, by a leprechaun, yes. by magic. By a leprechaun. Right? Well, it's a leprechaun's yeah. magic. You got it. But got he invert. <laughs> uh, but the leprechaun didn't make the wish. It was his crock of gold that mm-hmm, answered mm-hmm, wishes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But uh, the Sharon, Sharon, the feisty immigrant heroine, she, she said, "You're taking their land merely because they're black." And uh, you wrote this line, and and so. She says to the senator, and the senator says, it's not my fault they're the wrong color. Mm. And so Sharon says... She's sitting on the crock of gold. No, she is. Wishes, wishes. No, yes, she yes, yes, is yes, on yes, it. Yes, 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 right, right, right. right. Okay, so, so she says, she says I, wi- I, I wish you could be black so you would know what it was like. Mm. And boom, crack, boom. All of a sudden, the, the senator turns black. And, and there are very... And runs out. There are various ways that people have... And this was 47, which yes, was before was, the uh, the civil rights movement and yes, uh, yes. all that. Yeah, and yeah. it was always Okoran, contemporary. With politics. And everything he does is about these larger issues, which make them contemporary to this day. So the idea is to keep the lyrics, but change the music and change some of the plot, you know. Okay, so then uh, in 1956, I believe it was, he was uh, working on a musical version of Huck Finn when he found out that he'd been blacklisted. That's right. correct. Yeah. And right. he could not work in the West Coast anywhere. He, he was blacklisted. That's a term 
that meant if you looked the wrong way anywhere in the United States, I was working in a factory. I was blacklisted, okay? Oh, for you starting were? a strike. Mm. Wait, you were. And I couldn't get I another job. And my uh, first wife's uh, um, father was blacklisted from every town he went to because labor unions were uh, uh, not legal, okay? Actually, I think I might have the chronology mixed up. I think he was blacklisted in 52, and he was. Um, so he was, yeah, he but was he embraced by the industry the, again he, in 56. He was kicked out of the yeah. films. He was kicked out of, off of radio. And television. Yeah. And television. Right. And the only thing so he So there had, were four years there that he, that he was yeah, iced. But he yeah. said the only place that was real freedom was Broadway. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. there you had to have the money. Hmm. And then you could do whatever you wanted, hmm. just about. Hmm. Which was an interesting comment. Okay, so this musical version of Huck Finn was a uh, was going to be a film. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and yeah, they didn't let him do that. But there was another. He wrote a sequel to Finian's Rainbow in '51, right? Flahuli. Oh, Flahuli. That was and that was even more after Finian. That was anti Joe McCarthy. You know what it was oh, about? Yeah. It was about surveillance that the government, the issue, the biggest issue we got now. Interesting, really? Yes, yeah? yes, yes. Huh. It was Anyhow, what's your question? All right, so this was 51. Yeah. Flahuli. Am I saying it yes. right? And this is yeah. right in the middle of the, the McCarthy House on America. Oh, so that, I assume that's what got him targeted then, right? Yes. He, he did an actual yes. direct they, dissent or satire of McCarthyism. To, right. Couldn't so, of course, get that would have got him. appear before the committee. Right. House on American and Activities I don't Committee. Understand to how name he names. Ever did that. Mm. <laughs> that was pure magic. He did not appear. No, but right. Jay Gordy did and ten other guys. Mm-hmm. But they didn't name names. Okay, but the irony of it all is that you know Yip had never been a communist. That's correct. That's right. correct. Well nope. because they wouldn't have had him. I mean he, he was, was kind of he was kind of a New Deal Democrat in his politics. He right? was a social a socialist and a, a social Democrat. Democrat. Yeah. Social Democrat. New Deal Democrat, yeah. yeah. He, yeah. He was never pro anything, uh, you know, Lenin, Trotsky, Stalin, any of that. He was Bernie Sanders. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. And, and Norman Thomas then. Right, right. Norman Thomas was yeah. the guy of the day, right? right. Successor to right. Eugene Debs in the Socialist Party USA, which was, which was not, you know, Moscow aligned. Right. No, 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 no. At all. Yeah. But for 10 years, he was blacklisted. Mm-hmm. So he from the West Coast, and he was the film industry blacklisted in Hollywood, right? Yeah. But continued continued to work here in New York. Yes, yeah, yes. And that's where he and got he was, Jamaica. That sold, and he Hansen. was labeled right, right, as a right, communist right. Yeah. by uh, the McCarthy uh, committee and all over the country. But right. what I was going to point out is, I mean, his. Uh, his his anti-war production, Hooray for What? Yeah. That, well, that was thirty-seven. Thirty-eight. That was 38? Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Well, uh, we might have said it wrong. Yeah. Well, you could check it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Right in that right. window. Uh, and that was kind of it was kind of a pacifist. No. Sentiment. No. He was anti-war. Well, yes. All the way right from the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, he yeah. wasn't anti. World War II when it started. When it started, right? But but right. at that point, it, it was just it just, it hadn't started. Right. But the you know I mean, the, Stalin was still trying to build the Popular Front, Correct. and so the, taking an anti-war position at that time, yes, was not was not in line with Moscow. No, exactly. And then in 1939, September of 1939, you had the Hitler-Stalin Pact, right? And then an anti-war position became Moscow line, but before yes. that, it was not. Correct. And then of course, you know, Hitler yes. betrayed. 
Stalin in yeah. uh, June of 1941 and invaded yeah. Russia, and then you know then the Popular Front came into fruition, right. and everybody was on board. Yip I suppose was everybody was on board with the, the war shows. effort from oh, then until everybody. 1945. Yep, was standing except for a few up. very very lonely, really hardcore pacifists and anarchists. Yep, was standing was up oh, in all of yeah. his shows, telling the truth about capitalism and racism and and misogyny, okay? Right out, bam, like that. So he had this reputation. He was called Broadway's social conscience, okay? But that didn't help Throughout. him get the money for, for the shows he had. But he never gave an inch, never gave an inch. Okay, so uh, let's, uh, you know, wrap up his career after he was... Um after he was he, he was eventually embraced by Hollywood 1962, again? 1962. They had a, a, um, a welcome home, Yip Harvard. Ah. I went to see that oh, great. with Groucho Marx in front of me. Wow, and, wow. And now, they, what, what year was that? That was 62. I'm sorry, you're 62. I'm sorry, you just said that. I'm sorry. What I meant to yeah. ask was, if I may ask, how yeah. old were you at that time? Well, uh, 62. In 62. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, more or uh, less. In his 30s. In his 30s. Okay. Yeah. That was the year I was born, by the way. Which yeah. oh, okay. was 62? 62, yeah. I got my PhD in 62. All right, so uh, really, you got your PhD yes. the year I was born. You're yeah, way okay. ahead of me. Okay. I became a research scientist, and my first large project that took the whole of the 60s and the writing up for the 70s was... The, the title could tell you what it was all about. It was called Socioecological Stress, Skin Color, Suppressed Anger, and Black-White Blood Pressure. Wow. Right. Indeed. And how Indeed. they interact. Indeed. Uh, so uh, there, was, there was medical research involved here. That's correct. Mm -hmm. But, but That's it correct. was epidemial. I mean, mm -hmm. it was meaning to tell I am a psychosocial epidemiologist. At what, at what school did you do this at research? At University of Michigan. University of Michigan. I Harvard. was the only one that ever had a joint appointment in both the psychology department and the epidemiology. Right, we'll get, we'll get to your story as soon as we wrap up Yip's story. <laughs> yeah, right, but so, no, I got this from Yip. Yeah, of course, Yip of course, did of course. Whatever yeah. the heck he All right, so 62, you know? they had a welcome home party for him in, in Hollywood. Right. And he actually uh, did collaborate with, uh, with Groucho Marx, didn't he? It oh, of course. Early. Right after the Oz show in 1938, he did Lydia the Tattoo Lady. And if anybody sings that song again, they're wrong. Only Groucho can and sing that was that in, song. in what in what movie? In, in oh, I don't know. A day that. at the circus. A day uh, at the circus. Uh, that's right. And that was also a yip lyric. That was yeah. a yip yeah, yeah. lyric. Okay, so in, in 1962, in 1962, uh, Groucho was at the Yip's welcome home party in Hollywood. Right. All right. So what what work did he did he do in Hollywood after that? Well, he did this uh, great thing with Judy Garland, uh, a cartoon dish. Oh, kind of thing called Gay Paris. It was yeah. an animated and took place in Paris. And it's and still And it has fantastic voices in it. And yeah, people are still buying it. Right. It's about good and evil, really. Uh, and but it was based on something. The Judy Judy Garland's cat was called uh, Musette. Um, okay. But it has songs. In the film. In this the is a song he did cartoon. with me. Rare song. The Money Cat. 
that's in that gay puri. Right. It's as good a social satire uh, on the economic situation as you you can get. I mean, it's good. It's superior yip, and so that that it's not a like oh animated right. early Disney type of. This was a socially conscious, and with. Who are the other voices in there? Robert Goulet? Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> right. So he, that was the last thing. And then he began to go downhill uh, because uh, oh, his, collaborators his, his uh, last three shows towards the end of the 60s were flops. And even that great show with, uh, that we were talking Stein. about. Didn't Stein. make its money. He means they, financially. The, the producers insisted on having Victor Price, that, was that his name? He couldn't sing. And so the show flopped, but they had a, a revival every now and then. And in England, it was pretty, it's pretty successful. Yes, but they've had that a flop, and he had another one a flop up in Burlington. So for the sick, for the financial 70s, flop. For the seven, right, but he, he he had plenty of royalties coming in to live comfortably 20. for the rest of his life. So. And he had a friend from City College who got him the great job. He got me a job in, in, on the assembly line in the uh, in, in Lower East Side factory. Oh, really? Yeah, when I took off from Antioch for work uh, study. For a study, yeah. What kind of factory? Where was it? It, it was. Uh, we made. Uh, Fifteen uh, foot trailers that went on to big huge trucks. Where? On Lower East Side. Oh, yes, but where, where in Lower East Side? Oh, on the river. Uh, Riverfront, okay. I, I guess uh, a little below Delancey mm -hmm, Street. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, <laughs> there's a story that I won't tell you about because okay. it didn't have anything to do with uh, <clears throat> what you're talking about, but we reorganized the, the, the assembly line so it turned out instead of one trailer per hour it came out at seven you str 20. Stream streamlined operations right. and then they came in because they didn't know what to do with all the it was building up now what uh, surplus what era was this trailers. god knows all the heavy industry this, is gone from the lower right side today wow the 1945 wow, okay 45. the wow. war was still on wow, wow okay wow, wow. and then they fired me mm -hmm. because what we they brought us back in and fired us all because we were making too much uh, product. Oh, right. We didn't You're, know what to do yeah, with uh -huh, it. Uh -huh, okay. <laughs> you improve things too much. Okay. So, um, but everything I did was influenced by you. Yeah, right. That's why I'm telling you the story. Right, 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 right. right. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, all right, so we're up to uh, we're up to the 1960s, and in all terms right. of you know, Yip Star is beginning to fade a little bit. The culture yeah. is changing. He couldn't get a job for ten years. Mm -hmm. except, uh, a writing job. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, except there were revi uh, strong black, revivals. No, no, no. I'm talking about the 1960s. Now. I want to tell you that the word blacklisted is just another word in the English language where black is negative. Yes, yes. And there's only true. one word, and that's in your accountant office where you're in the black. Yeah. And that you are good. okay. That's yeah, the that's only true. word that's true. that it's okay to be black. <laughs> uh, except, uh, you know, just at this period, uh, you know, you had James Brown getting on the scene, say it loud, oh, I'm yeah. black and I'm proud. And, uh, yes. You know, the, 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 the culture started to get started over that stigma. It started off with Gandhi, yeah. overthrowing British 
in 46, and then it went to Africa, and then it came over here in the 60s. And in the middle of my study in Detroit, there was a blow-up, and they had to bring in the tanks and the and the and the thing I was the area I was studying. I okay, picked, you were in Detroit at this yes, time. Yes, mm-hmm. I picked it out because it was the worst place, the 12th Street area. Oh, the research you were doing at this yes. time. Yes, mm-hmm. and we had to stop our, stop our study mm-hmm. for about a oh, week. So this was the 1967 rebellion yes. in Detroit. Yes, Wow, you yes. were there for that. Yes. Wow. Yes, wow. yes, wow. yes, mm-hmm. yes. So anyhow, Yip uh, couldn't get any thing after in the 60s in the 70s i mean when did when did he write the children's crusade well that's one of them that flopped well yes but <laughs> it has some songs again that are good songs in it, it but it never got out of burlington vermont <laughs> burlington vermont really so boy, one of yip's last productions was in burlington vermont that's i think so except okay. except for i mean finian's rainbow was revolved very successfully at city center right that would have been when in the 60s, in the I 60s, thought. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there right. were things like that. Yeah. The Royal Shakespeare. Revival. But, but Yip was not only unknown as a lyricist, he was just unknown, period, no matter what he did. To this day, okay, people are startled. Yeah. Right. Well, like oh, I say, you know, that? when I, when I, when I talk that? about him on my tour, everybody knows the songs, but nobody actually knows Yip. Yeah. But nonetheless, he was on a poster stamp. Right. So, uh, <laughs> so I'm hoping <clears throat> this podcast gets his name out yeah, there, well, a know? little bit a little bit <laughs> yeah <laughs> among my i'm like a big fish on a very small pond yeah so i like to but say you know, right. got a, a small dedicated following <laughs> anyway so um uh you you wound up in ann arbor at a certain point uh, yeah that was my phd in social psychology because they had the only and i worked in the uh, i went down to venezuela Oh, yeah? Yeah, uh, my thesis. And I came back and that, oh. I, I wrote my thesis and I worked in the State Department of Public Health I thought Research. I thought that was Madison for your master's. Oh, University of Wisconsin or University went, of Michigan? Yeah, Michigan no, was she's PhD. Right. She's okay, right. okay. Right. His right. master's, yeah. he went to Venezuela uh-huh. in uh-huh. anthropology. Yes, okay, yes, so yes. then PhD in Michigan. Yeah, social right. psychology. Uh, so what what year would this have been, more or less? What what uh, What years? When? When you got your social... Michigan, Ann Arbor. Well, from... Well, I got there in 57. I had... Uh, that was my first wife. And I had... We had twins. I went to Venezuela. And... Uh, then I you went to Madison. Though. And, huh? Mad- it was Madison, then Ann Arbor. <clears throat> I see. And, okay, when I was through with my master's in anthropology at uh, Wisconsin... Then I looked around, what am I going to do next? And uh, Yip wanted me to get out of school, you know, that's enough school, so forth. But I did, I had found what I really wanted, you know. And so uh, we wound up in Ann Arbor. We lived there, my first wife and I, and I had three kids. Okay, so what years were you 40, in Ann Arbor? This 40 years. I'm trying to get at. What, 40 which years. Year? Oh, 40 years you were in. Yeah. Or so you yeah. were in Ann Arbor through the 60s? 57 through yeah. the 60s. I had the Del Rio Bar. You're right. You owned the, you ran the Del right. Rio Bar. Which became a symbol of the yeah. 60s. It was kind of a counterculture yeah. hangout. Absolutely. All right, so let me, did, did you know... Um, uh, the leader of the Black Panther, the White Panthers. Um, what was his name again? Huey uh, 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 Long. No, 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 no. In no. our town in Ann Arbor, there's a guy named Charles Thomas. That's black. 
and he was uh, one white? of the John of Sinclair, the, John Sinclair, the leader of the White Panthers. Uh, they, and they, today the name sounds a little bit weird, right? But yeah. back then it was like right. you know white right. political radicals, new left types, well, who, who were organizing in solidarity with the Black Panthers, and they yeah. wanted an emulation of the Black Panthers. Right. They wanted to organize the white working class. But when, when yeah, Nixon, Nixon got right in there. in '68, yeah, he actually went out and murdered all the. Uh, uh, leaders right. yeah, of, the of the Black, Black Panthers, yes, of in course. In every single major city. Well, most notoriously Fred and Hampton no one's in ever, Chicago. Yeah. And no one's ever right. put out a book on that. That's right. I mean, we're doing the same thing that Hitler did. Well, uh, there was a book called Agents of Repression uh, by Ward Churchill, which uh, covered a lot of this uh, history. Uh, he, Ward uh -huh. Churchill kind of turned into a complicated character later on, but yeah. th that, that <laughs> one book that he wrote was actually qu quite a good book yeah. and actually does deal with the whole COINTELPRO yeah. FBI but, assassination but campaign of this era. I associated with the Green Granite Village after I married Dina, because first we lived in the uh, faculty uh, apartment in Washington NYU Square. at Washington Square. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And then after 18 years or so, whatever, we moved here when this building was being set up. It was right near Yip. And illegally because of its height. Yes, yeah, so a whole and lot of controversy about this building that we're yes, in right now. Yes. I don't know how much we want to say about right, that. But. Right, I don't want to say, <laughs> okay. except it's been wonderful. And we're I directly above I the Theater for the New City. Yes. I, yes. I became a villager just like you, <laughs> you know. And, and my first wife and I lived in the village, too, on 11th Street. She worked for McGuire All right, so have you had some involvement with the, uh, with, uh, the Theater for the New City? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, we're on yeah. the board of Oh, it. okay. Oh, great. But, yeah, but, yeah. And ben, ben actually works there and sings be, their benefits with, at, with at pros. At the Theater for sorry, the New does? City. Our son, Ben. Your sing, son, Ben. Sit, <laughs> sings, mostly with pros. Mm -hmm. Uh, but he's very good at, at singing. It's something in the genes, but he's maybe even a better singer than you as a singer. I'm completely without musical abilities, except intuitively. Yes, yes, of course. But these guys, uh, Dina and Ben, are tops. Mm. But the Theater for the New City has, uh, yeah, it has four theaters, and it's, Yip was like, Brother Can You Spend a Dime was their theme song before they knew us personally. Okay, so they would play it at events and on reels. And, and Dina so. still puts on uh, Shows events downstairs. Uh -huh. Oh, great. At Theater yeah. of the New City. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Terrific. Terrific. Yeah. Terrific. Mm -hmm. You know Crystal Fields. I don't. She She's started a, that like 40 years ago. Founding uh -huh. artistic director. It used director. to be a marketplace. Mm -hmm. And she caters to the whole uh, school kids in the area Up to, to come after a class. And... Uh, all the uh, new uh, writers of plays are there. So it's when she heard that we wanted to get in, she called the, uh, I called, she told me the name of the guy who was building it. And on a holiday Sunday, I called him up and he, he signed us up. And the thing wasn't even built yet. I never did that before, and I will never do it again. But that's how we got here. Ah, okay. And we've it been turned here. out to be a very desirable thing, but it wasn't built, it wasn't anything. And on a Memorial Day Sunday, they said that um, there was going to be... A, uh, the name of the building is... What? 
The new theater building. New theater building, because the guy building. developing it and contracting This it. would have been, what, around 2000, around the year 2000? Yes. More yes. Or less? yes. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. he, uh, he uh, the contractor, owner, uh, whatever, he bought a, a, into it. He, uh, he was a closet theater lover, and he knew all of Yip's stuff. And so, and what happened when he bought those air rights over the theater was that they uh, had no longer any debt, and they were able to. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So we, we helped some with that. You know, mm -hmm. they burned their mortgage at the theater. But and to this day, the theater for the new city keeps going. Right, right. right. Yeah. And, but the people who started there are people like uh, Edward Albee or Sam Shepard. In other words, it was a home for people before they were people. Right. Yes, in, yes, from yes. the village. Yeah, 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 sure. yeah and, and maybe elsewhere, but yeah, starting with village people, I guess. Mm -hmm. Dina and I are on the board of the Theater for the New City. Uh -huh. yeah. she, she's more active than I am. <laughs> and so I think what uh, Crystal has done down there has been amazing. And We're you constantly... Want to do a, you want to do a Peace podcast on her. on her, I'm telling you. Yeah, well, and she... Because it's unknown. She's been started as a rather well-known or... Actor. Got, yeah, well, she was in Splendor in the Grass with... Uh, she was Natalie Wood's best friend, mm -hmm. Crystal. And she was an actress, choreographer, dancer, whatever, and she then worked herself into a director. And what she's done is really producer. remarkable. Okay, one other uh, strange coincidence where yeah. your uh, your work is in, interacts with my own life yeah. is that the uh, the Yip Harvard Foundation has uh, given money to Empire State College. Yeah, that's, that's true. very much. That's right. Yeah, that's we we got we did that. Everything was all done together until it seemed like it was too much. Yeah, for, yeah, 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 yeah. So tell me about that because I'm I'm an alumnus of Empire Empire State oh, College. Well, wonderful. that's a great thing yeah. to be. Well, I, I knew about the college. Uh, my parents' uh, friends taught there, like in, uh, let's say, about f even 50, 40 years ago. What did they teach? One was in the labor studies. You know, there's a section that's, uh, there were four metro, metro. Right, yeah, I was in the Lower East Side branch. Yes, that's the one here. Uh, right, which I mean, no longer exists anymore, unfortunately. Not as such. Yeah, Empire State is a yeah. great place. Um, I, and it's, I mean, one of the few places that lets you make your own uh, study and exactly. go one-to-one. -one who was who is my uh, mentor, yeah. which was their lingo. Right, you have professors, right. you have mentors. Right. Was, right. was Dino Pasio Linden. Ah. I hope he's still alive. I need to get back in touch with him. It's been what, a few years since he, I've been in touch. What did you? He uh, he headed the, uh, the the bilingual program on the Lower East Side, oh. the Lower East Side branch, which was on the top floor of the old school building, which uh, is today the Soto Velas Community Center. Yes. At the corner of uh, Rivington and Suffolk Streets. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, now they're on Hudson and uh, there's a building that's, um, it's in NoHo, I guess. Or right, yeah, yeah. But they, they sh they've shut yeah. down the, uh, the Lower East Side bilingual program, unfortunately. Yes. But unfortunately. Another, another organization <clears throat> called the Educational Alliance, uh -huh. Yip and... Ira and George used to go there, hmm. and 
Ben now sings there. And, vol- uh-huh. and volunteers. I mean, he, yeah. the Education uh, Alliance. Yes. The, uh-huh. It was a. Yeah. It was formed by Lower East Side Jews, Street. but then took in all immigrants around the 1880s or 90s. And it's still around. Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. yes. That's what's it's so incredible. And it and it has different one branches on the Lower East Side, but a, a center is also on 12th Street between first. That's also look look worth looking into. Been around forever. It helps. yes. Yes. And is, is it accredited? Uh, it's not. No, it's not. Uh, you could do classes through it. It's not a college. Or right. A, yeah, 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 yeah. No, but it's uh, it's it has um, resource partnership like we YHL, YHF, which is if they're not totally divided. It, it's just Yip stuff. Yip, Yip Harburg Lyric Foundation and Yip Harburg Foundation. Yeah, right. yeah, 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 right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Lyrics. Oh, yeah. the great thing about Empire State College for me <clears throat> is, I mean, I was just kind of a, uh, you know, uh, died in the wool hippie and uh, yeah, yeah. anarchist and <clears throat> uh, free spirit. Yeah. It'd be polite. One of the 60s. I could think of lesser, uh, <laughs> less flattering ways to put it. Certainly my parents could. Yeah. But, uh, <clears throat> um, uh, you know, it was the only way that I was going to get my college degree because it's an right. independent study program. Yes. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So there aren't actually any classes. There aren't any tests. I took two classes, one in Spanish, one in Latin American literature, but mostly... Uh, it was, was doing, life experience. Uh, it was life experience doing my own independent uh, research. Yes. And actually, I got my uh, degree at Empire State for doing for writing my first book, okay. which was which about was... the social roots of tropical deforestation right. in Central America. But so. what about the two free schools, Cooper Union? And 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 city college. That's where you. They're no was. longer free, but right. They're no they're longer, no longer well, free. There, there was litigation to keep uh, Cooper Union free, so it looks well, like Cooper the Union. Well, president is, said yeah, yeah. they're going to go back to be free. Right, exactly. Because yeah, yeah. this guy on the board who came in from outside and didn't understand the history of that thing um, will left. <laughs> yeah, but 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 Empire State is unique. Like that, right? Exactly. No, that's yeah, what yeah, I thought. Yeah. You might. The, my friend from my friend and colleague from college, which was the University of Chicago, and I went to City College after I got out of the army for two years. Or what? What years were you in the army? Uh, from 1946 after. to 19, no, 1940. Yes, six to 19, two years. <laughs> But it so was from 46 to 48, so right. not the worst time to be in the Army. No, well, it was a little 45, but he never fought. The war was still on, and they gave me a six-month uh, pass on getting drafted because it was the Air Force. He enlisted. All right? So um, So as to get that. It, yeah. But I was on Okinawa and Philippines and came oh, back. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Wow. Ernie yeah. wanted yeah. to see But them. post-war. Yeah. Immediate yeah. post-war Immediate. When the army was in Occupied. But they right. still yeah. had uh, prisoners of war. Right, of course. Yeah, yeah. And right. Ernie was... Uh, yeah. That's what... In Japan, he, he actually set up all kinds of little programs for them. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, wow. So, so. so I, I followed Yip all the way, see. Except... Uh, Yep. Uh, now I never heard him talk about it, but in his behavior, he didn't go so far as to become a public figure. He withdrew from that. He started a Democratic 
political organization in L.A., he was the secretary, you know. He was always behind the scenes like that. Right. He's like, and you I, know, the most important uh, American uh, uh, cultural uh, uh, figure uh, 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 that you've exactly. never heard of. Right. You know? yes. So I, I said, this I, tremendous I, impact on American popular culture, and very few people comparatively know his name. That, exactly. Yeah. And I took, I got that from him. I never went public either. But I did start strikes and, and work on, uh, you know, assembly lines. And, Where did you start strikes? You know, uh, in Madison. In Madison, at Wisconsin. At Ceylon uh, Plastic Company. Uh-huh, okay. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that would have been what, in the 50s, the 60s? That was the, uh, wait, wait, Madison. Uh, I'm testing your memory 50. here, sorry. No, no, I, I, I'm doing this memoir, so I, I got the numbers. Um, I was graduated from City College in 51, and the damn alarms were going off. Do you remember that? Uh, uh, air raids. Oh, air, air raids. Yeah, sure. Well, yeah, yeah. well, we were living in the village at that time. Me and there Tori. were shelter. They somebody and, had. and Tori was carrying the the, the the dishes, and all of a sudden she shook, and all the dishes broke. And we looked at each other and said, "We're getting out of here." So I went to Madison mm. to do my um, master's mm -hmm. after I graduated from City College. And then from there I went to Ann Arbor mm -hmm. to get a, a job in, uh, mm -hmm. in uh, doing my own research. I had my own program. Yeah. And but, running a bar eventually. And running a bar. Well, <laughs> because, that was for backup. Because, because the Reagan and all those, including Johnson, came out and said to dozens or hundreds of scientific uh, conferences all over the country, we're not giving you any more money for basic research. We're only giving it to applied research. Yes, but Ernest yeah. was applied. What he did was he taught doctors that the that high blood pressure was multifactored, for example. That it was due to social and psychological, not only medical. Mm, right. It was a wellness program. Right. Three. We, wait, tell, you have yeah. to say about that the that the. Yeah. The Ford. I mean, Chrysler the, and Ford and General Motors. We had a little wellness, wellness thing. Took taking people off the line randomly to uh, get them a 10-minute interview about their blood pressure and about their stress and so forth and so forth. And they came out with rather astonishing results yeah. that it was, you know, you couldn't just treat blood pressure with blood pressure pills right. that you had that it was a societal thing yeah, yeah, as yeah, well right. social Poor, psychological yeah yeah thing. i mean poverty right. Right. Uh, but it also had to do if you were black and poor it was worse situation than the the worst yeah black yeah. male in fact to this day i really po'd about it is that i found a relationship between skin color and blood pressure namely the the more dark you were, the higher your pressure, or the more light you were, the higher your blood pressure. Oh. Okay? It's just like those guys up in the Nordic sections, uh, okay, the Norway, Sweden, they Nordola, have higher blood? They have higher blood pressure than Mediterranean. Mediterranean. Well, but do you think that has a, some kind of a social route, or that's more of a biological thing? Well, I think it's a biological yeah. thing. I couldn't get anybody to do the the research on hmm. it. To this day, it always frustrates me. But well, the racial disparity in the United States, presumably North America, has got social roots. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Right. Mostly. Yeah. 
Right. And what about is is Vidal Rio still there in Ann Arbor? No, I, I it blew up at uh, about 2004 when uh, one jazz the jazz guy died. My wife died, and I was living with uh, Dina here. But in New, more in New, New York. And I just, you know, mm-hmm. the heck with it. Okay, no, but the thing was that they ran it as a, yeah, if you know about it, it was like a consensus workplace. That's the title. Uh-huh. Liberty, uh-huh. Equality, and Consensus. Right, yes, yes. And all that jazz uh-huh. at the Del Rio Bar. Oh, wow, great. Liberty, <laughs> Equality, Consensus, and all that jazz. Right, you, you're, that's yet your little memoir yes. of your Ann Arbor. Right, right, yes, right. And the partner, the main partner, was a jazz musician who wanted he he actually played the live jazz weekly. Yeah. And he did also at the fancier restaurant they had across the street. Um, In that building. Which still exists the today. Earl. The that Earl. Still that's exists? still going. The that's, Earl. Restaurant is still going. Uh-huh. And you're uh-huh. you, uh, the only one in town. Yip sang there also. Oh, really? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. At the yes. Earl. Oh. I think that picture up there is when he was singing at the opening. In, uh, well, I actually have in, a, a niece who's going to. Uh, I have a niece who's going to Ann Arbor, so I'll have to tell her to. Uh, yeah. in, oh, in in what area? Uh, at the uh, in, in what? What is she studying? Yeah. Uh, I believe she's pre med. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, that's a good place to be. Pre-med. Oh yeah, my son went through the pre med, and Yip paid his way through. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, he wouldn't have been so able I'll have to, to tell her to go uh, get a burger at the Earl, or a veggie burger if she's going to no, follow no, her no, uncle's no, footsteps. No, that was the, the other Earl, place, the Earl. And the Earl was the only place in Michigan that had menus from 1690 and 1700 uh, uh, French and Italian. Peasant cuisine. Uh-huh. It's uh-huh. a monopoly. Uh-huh. Okay, so you only get that food uh-huh. at the Earl. Okay, great, great. great. I only like monopolies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Del Rio was a monopoly. A monopoly? Yeah. On what? Uh, on being an open society mm-hmm. that any anybody, it was anybody, lesbians, uh, blacks, whites, greens. So male, you, were, you, don't, you don't remember the whole John Sinclair affair? He was uh, the, the leader of the White Panthers who was busted yes, for of uh, course. a he couple used of to joints. Come down and, to the yeah, yeah, bar that's what I was asking. Yeah, sure. And John Lennon actually did a uh, John Lennon Yoko Ono actually performed on the Diag yeah, at, yeah, um, yeah, on campus yeah. at Ann Arbor at a, at a big rally for his. Yeah, uh, but it's like his yep, release. Nobody remembers. Yeah. And ultimately, he was released <laughs> on, on appeal, I believe. Right. That was thrown right. out because he was. He was right. he, the, the John Lennon song was "They gave him ten for two, which is a reference mm-hmm. to the fact that he got ten years for selling two joints. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh God, yeah. yeah. No, the so, Del Rio was one of the. Hotbeds. Right. Hotbeds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. After well, Chicago. <laughs> what a lot of fascinating history, my goodness. Yeah. So, um, and I am now 93. 93 years old. Yes. Alive, kicking, and sharp as a bell. Yes, so. and, and I gave everything to Dina, and I'm trying to retire, but I Including can't. Including I'm supposed to upkeep all this <laughs> legacy. <laughs> retire. Bernie can't retire. Exactly. <laughs> I don't think anybody no, can. No, no, the hell with retirement. Forget about it. What's the point? You know, no point. Yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> this has been really, really fascinating. I want to thank you guys so much. Yes, but thank you. It's Dina nice. Rosenberg, author of Fascinating Rhythm, the right. collaboration of George and Ira Gershwin. Right. And uh, Dina Rosenberg Harburg. Right. And um, Ernie Harburg with uh, Harold uh, Myerson. He's an editor of of a political 
magazine and, in and uh, Washington, Washington Post columns. Prospectus, prospect, what is it called? Prospect. Prospect, prospect. yeah. yeah. Hmm. Not he, the American prospect. He was a maybe, Yip fan. Maybe. Huh. Yeah. maybe I'll have to look yeah. that one up. Okay. Yeah, but anyway, the, the title of the book is... Yeah. You should know yeah. Yeah. that this was published by three different publishers. Oh, yeah? One Fascinating in, rhythm. One in England. Mm -hmm. And the last one, right on the front there, was a big thing by the editor of The New Yorker saying that this is a brilliant book. No, oh, beautiful really? book. It's on the back of the cover. William Sean. Oh, William, William Sean. And she got into the legal system because when the Gershwin family had a big conflict and they were throwing names at each other and so forth, the, the, the no, lawyer, no. who is now our lawyer, was able to use her book as uh, evidence that you needed a composer and a lyricist to, it was joint, create, joint to create a song. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It was used in court. But it was for all, not just the Gershwins, but for all songwriters. If they have a joint copyright, the copyright goes much longer. Mm -hmm. If they if it goes from the year of each collaborator, then the one who dies much younger, like George. Um, so the, the court decision referenced your work. Yes. Well, uh -huh. he based his yes. whole thing. The she, lawyer for She's the, too modest about it. Immortalized yes. in case law. Wow. Yes. I'm holding <laughs> a book in my hands. Immortalized in case law. And that, that helped the yeah. songwriters. Right. Yes, of course. I mean, obviously. Right. Yes. You want to help they the songwriters. They got legal rights indeed. for yes, the yes, songwriters. Yes, yes, yes. Not the management. Not the embezzling yes. uh, publishers. Yes, exactly. Not all the middlemen and businessmen. And multimillionaire no. corporations. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So, and uh, finally, uh, the other book by um, by the Del Rio, <clears throat> Ernie Harburg, who put the rainbow in the Wizard of Oz, Yip yeah, Harburg, lyricist. And then yeah. you've also got uh, what was the name of the book about the Del Rio? The book is uh, Liberty, Equality, and Consensus. Yes. And all that jazz. And all that jazz. At the Del Rio Bar. At the Del Rio and Bar. I, and I'm going to give you a copy. I got a copy. I got, right, a copy. Yeah. I got a copy. He's yeah, I've read it. <laughs> so, yeah, well, well once again, thanks so much, yeah, uh, yeah. Dina and Ernie. This has really right. been great. Right. And uh, Ditto. any closing words for uh, my uh, vast listening audience of... Um, <clears throat> Go ahead. Maybe 20 people. <laughs> yes, I have... Uh, hope that something happens that Yip's name, even a picture in a paper like in the New York Times today. Yes, right. What what a fortuitous coincidence. Yes. The day we're recording that, that Yip, this, this interview, yes. Yip, Yip Harburg actually has his photo in the New York Times right. accompanying a story entitled A History of the Lower East Side in Eight Songs. One of the songs being oh, Brother Can You Spare a Dime by Yip Harburg. Right. He's got a picture of Yip appearing right next to Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> yeah, that I got. I'm yep. getting. Pissed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see him. I see him. Amazing coincidence. Yeah. Everybody, go pick up the New York Times today. <laughs> What's today's date? February twenty uh, second. February twenty second. Beautiful. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, thanks so much. It's been fascinating. No, it's been wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's been, been great. Wonderful. It's been just, just great. <laughs> and uh, this has been the Counter Vortex with your ranter Bill Weinberg. We'll be uh, ranting at you again another couple of weeks. So good. Um, good. Everybody, you have to let him talk. You have absolutely. to let him talk. No, so. we're. We're, we're, we're done. That's it. Okay. Over and out, everybody. Hope you enjoyed. Bye-bye. Okay. Viva Yip. <laughs> That's good. <laughs>